Hello beautiful people and you're welcome back to Honey Express, an expression of the sweetness of God's word and a demonstration of its impact on the soul of a man. My name is Oyinko and I'll be the one behind the mic, the host with the most. How are you guys doing? If this is your first time stopping by, thank you. And if you're returning, may God continually bless you. Today we're going to be talking about something very, very known, something that a lot of people talk about, but how in depth? We're going to be talking about prayer and how it produces power. Many times prayer is spoken of very, 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 very elaborately, although the impacts and the effects are not well stated. And this is something I picked up on and I was like, hmm, might as well just do a podcast on this, talk about this, clear the air, and just speak about what the Bible says about prayer and its impact on the soul of a man. First of all, what is prayer? Prayer is a spiritual conversation that occurs between an individual and a spiritual being. Understanding that we are spirit beings, although we are in this human suit, as I call it, is what I mean by an individual. So an individual communicating with a spiritual being that its form is spiritual. So it could be an angel, it could be a demon, it could even be the Holy Spirit or God. The Holy Spirit is a person, but he's a spiritual being. So that's what I mean by individual and spiritual being. So I'll read out that definition again. Prayer is a spiritual conversation that occurs between an individual and a spiritual being. During that conversation, you can place requests, commands, and give things. And it's not limited to those three. You can do so much in the place of prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17, and I'll be reading from NIV. It says, pray continually. Certain versions say, pray without ceasing. Correct me if I'm wrong. So this points to the fact that prayer is a lifestyle. I don't understand or believe it to be God saying that we should lock ourselves in the room for the rest of our lives and pray. By praying continually, it translates to saying that prayer is a lifestyle. Because I can be at work and I'm praying. It just depends on the state and positioning of my heart. It depends on what my mind is fixed on. Praying to God can be giving thanks. I can be giving thanks to him in my heart for things he's doing while on the bus. I don't necessarily need to engage my lips for it to be considered prayer. So pray continually. That's what the Bible says concerning prayer. And it can be developed into a lifestyle with the correct understanding of its impact, its influence, its benefits. Now, who is prayer between? That conversation can only be between a spirit from either of two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. And sometimes a conversation can be had with both simultaneously. So when you hear cases of a person being delivered from a demon or a person being healed, you can hear something along the lines of, I speak against the spirit of infirmity. I command you to return to that deep abyss where you belong. And I begin to speak that angels are are ministering to this person. You hear things like that and things like that are valid. Okay. So Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 NIV. Now, this is one part of the Bible that contains a promise with prayer. It's saying that if you're not anxious about anything, but if in every situation by prayer and petition, notice how it says petition, not to repetition. You don't want to keep repeating the same thing because God heard you the first time. But when you lay your request to him, you're trusting he's hearing you. So it's a one-time thing. You have petitioned him. We are encouraged to lay our petitions to God with thanksgiving 
and then when that is done the peace of god which transcends our understanding will guard our hearts and minds in christ jesus now i think it's so important to note how it says the peace of god because when you have made a request to god it's only the peace of god that will enable you not to go back to that and keep worrying the mistake that many people make is that when they have laid their request before god they still worry and it means you're limiting God. You're saying, God, I don't think you're able to do this thing and carry it out the way I want it to be carried out. But then there's the trust that comes in. The trust that comes in when you have given thanks because it's already been done. Therefore, you have received that peace of God. It's finding expression within you because we have that mind of Christ. So we are encouraged that when we approach prayer in this way, not being anxious, but giving thanks and laying our requests to God, we are encouraged that the peace of God within us will find expression and it will guard our hearts and minds. So that time when you want to go back and worry, you're already guarded. Now, how do you pray according to God's will? Simple, by speaking in tongues or praying his promises through the scriptures. Romans 8 verses 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Those wordless groans are tongues. The Spirit himself is interceding. So therefore, the things we don't know to pray for, he's praying it for us. He's praying the will of the Father for our lives. So that's how to pray according to God's will. We can be assured that as we pray in tongues, we're praying the will of the Father through scriptures. Now, if you've never spoken in tongues, you can most definitely reach out to me and we'll, we'll get praying and we'll get you speaking in tongues because this is one benefit of having the Holy Spirit that I think everybody should have. Honestly, truly, everybody should speak in tongues because I know the value of tongues. I know what it has done for my life. Earlier on, I spoke about how prayer produces power. What did I even mean by that? Now, as you pray, you energize your soul and enable your spirit, which is conjoined with the Holy Spirit, to find expression through your soul. I'll repeat that. As you pray, you energize your soul and enable your spirit, which is conjoined with the Holy Spirit and Christ, to find expression through your soul. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I wanted to highlight that word powerful, so it's full of power. Now to energize is to activate, to trigger. Many times gifts within us are dormant, but then prayer energizes, activates, it triggers them to come to life. So therefore, the more you pray, the more energy is supplied to your soul. And with that energy, you're able to speak and your words are more tangibly backed up with power. Your consciousness of who you are and who is in you plays a huge part in the supernatural effect of your words. Now, when we speak of power, power to do what in this context? Because power can be used to do different things. But when I say power, I mean power to heal the sick, the power to cast out demons, the power to live a set-apart life, to love sacrificially, because we actually require power to do these things. No one just wakes up and is able to love sacrificially. It requires power from God. In the Bible, it says that the heart of a man is desperately wicked, but we need God's strength. We need God's power, the power that God gives us in our weakness. We need that power to be able to love sacrificially without wanting anything in return. So it's the power to walk in those signs. The Bible says that those who are sons of God, they shall walk in these signs. How does prayer generate power? Our natural desires have less of an influence in our lives when we pray so we won't be as easily drawn away into our human desires. 
So with all that said now, how does prayer even generate that power? What happens within you when you're praying? There's a constant war between our flesh and our spirit. There's a constant war between our soul and our spirit and the desires. The desires, honestly, and in the place of prayer, our natural desires are having less of an influence in our lives. You find that the more you spend time with God, the less you spend time doing certain things you used to do, the less you're drawn to do certain things you used to do. So we won't be as easily drawn away into our human desires. Psalms 37 verses 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I used to think that this verse was talking about the needs of Christians, but really and truly, it means that God will give you the desires that you should have, the desires of your heart, the desires that your heart should be having. And I'll back this up by speaking about Philippians 2 verses 13, and I like how NLT puts it. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So you're getting that desire because, like I said, nobody just wakes up and they begin to love sacrificially, except God gave them the desire and power to do that. And that power is what comes from the place of prayer. So we need to stay praying. We need to stay prayed up if we really, really want to live out life the way God wants us to. Because at the end of the day, faith is what pleases God. Without faith, you can't please God. And he gives you the desire and power to do what pleases him. To even have faith requires power from God. It requires strength from God to be able to grasp certain realities and mysteries of God. Now, I'd like to talk about how to stay consistent. One thing I'll say is, don't bank on starting small. Put your money on being sustainable. Many people think that if they start small, they would achieve much more in the long run, which at the end of the day, tiny drops make an ocean, a mighty ocean as the, the saying goes, if I'm right. But then again, if you know you have the capacity to pray for an hour every day, don't say you want to pray for five minutes every day. If you know you can sustainably pray for 30 minutes every day, don't bank on starting small. Put your money on being sustainable. If I have the ability and the capacity to pray for an hour every day and it's going to be sustainable for me, why am I saying that I want to pray for five minutes a day when I know that I can pray for an hour? There was a time, a phase in my life, whereby I was praying for these long hours and I would be doing so many other things. My mind would not be in one place. There was an understanding in my heart at this time that it's better for me to pray for 30 minutes and my heart is fully set on God and I'm seeing him visualizing myself in the throne room as opposed to me praying for three hours because then again, it's just a religious act. Prayer can be effective. I'm going to go back to James chapter 5, verses 16. It says, a bit of it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and effective. So prayer can be effective. And there are times you can be praying, but at the end of the day, you're just repeating what you were saying before and you're not gaining ground. Because you have to pray wholeheartedly. The Bible says that you should seek him wholeheartedly and you'll find him. Therefore, if you're seeking him, if you're saying, I'm seeking you, God, but your heart is not fully there, you're seeking to tick a box saying, today I prayed to God. It's harsh, but it's the truth. So we should always just ensure whatever it is we're doing for God is wholehearted, is coming straight from our heart. We also have to be aware of distractions. Now, for example, I'm very, very drawn by light. So if a notification goes off on my phone, I typically just look at it because it just lights up, right? So I always put my phone face down. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23. It says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Constructive meaning not everything will build you up. Not everything will edify you. 
So for me, if I like playing video games, I can play video games. It's not a sin to play video games, but then is it building me up or am I just playing it and being idle? That's where the fire comes in. The fire and desire that we have for God needs to be maintained. Many people just wake up one morning and they just don't feel like praying anymore. I spoke about this on my Instagram about two weeks ago saying that we have to be aware of the activities we partake in, the things we say, the music we listen to, because these things have the ability to make our fire for God wane. God gives us the desire, but then we have the responsibility to keep cultivating it, keep cultivating it, keep cultivating it. So therefore, we should be aware of what we engage ourselves in because as much as we can do, most of what we want to do, not everything is constructive and we all have different convictions. For somebody, it may be movies. For me, it's probably video games. So everybody is different. Every single person is different. Why is prayer even important? Why am I talking about prayer? It enables us to stay sane. I know that I've had experiences where my mental health has declined. But then in the place of prayer, I regain my senses in a sense of, I know, please, I'm not going crazy. <laughs> but then in a sense of anxiety, for example, when you pray, that peace of God begins to find expression in you and you're able to stay calm. In the Bible, we are told that we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says, For who has the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Because of that union we share with him, we share the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, as well as the mind of Christ. Therefore, if I know that I have the mind of Christ, as I pray, it's becoming a reality to me. As I pray, it's finding expression in me, regardless of whatever it is I may be going through. So prayer enables us to stay sane. It enables us to stay laser focused on Jesus and the will and the heart of the Father. Prayer enables us to stay on a straight path in our walk so that we don't veer off and we are not easily deceived. It increases your discernment. Certain desires, struggles and cycles of sin are burned off because he's a consuming fire. I like to look at it from that standpoint that God is a consuming fire. Many parts of the Bible tell us he's a consuming fire and oh my goodness, we are going to get to that. It's such a beautiful revelation of God, of him being a consuming fire. I imagine as I approach his throne room in the place of prayer, and I get very imaginative with my prayer, I imagine that it gets so hot and certain things have to be burned off. The closer I get to him, the more things are burned off of me. The higher you go, the hotter it becomes, as they say. The higher you go in your walk with God, the hotter it becomes supernaturally. That's why you find that you begin to experience his tangible presence more and more. You begin to become more sensitive to the spirit, guys. Because you're in that place in your walk with God, certain things cannot stay because they cannot handle it. It's devoid of you and what you can do. It's really just them. For example, demons. There are certain places demons cannot come into. There are certain people they cannot latch onto because of the fire. Imagine a candle and you touch it. How long can you leave your hand there for? Now imagine a hot stove and you just tap it, you immediately back off. In fact, sometimes the heat is so much that you don't even dare to put your hand on it. We are called to be hot for God. I believe there's a part of Revelation that says, it's better to be cold for God than to be lukewarm because God will spit you out of his mouth. It's literally better to be cold than to be lukewarm. You don't want to ever be in that place where you're just content in your walk with God, where you're just like, hey, I'm okay, and you're just lukewarm for him because it's better to be cold, as the Bible says. I think it really plays a huge part in what we are talking about right now. So Revelation 3.16 says, So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. He doesn't desire that. 
in that place of experiencing him as a consuming fire, in that place of approaching his throne room, certain cycles of sin, certain desires, certain things that you were struggling with begin to be burned off. You find that you don't struggle with them anymore. And I also wanted to add, finally, on a final note, that discipline is, dis is that discipline and I also wanted to add on the final note that discipline is developed in the place of prayer. The same way that if you lack discipline in an area of your life, you can lack discipline in other areas. It's the same way that having discipline in an area enables you to have discipline in other areas. Prayer influences the trajectory of your life. It plays a huge part. Therefore, with these points, I hope I was able to convince and not confuse you. And my goal was that we speak about what prayer is, who it's between, how you pray according to God's will, and how prayer produces power, even what power means in this context, how to stay consistent in the place of prayer, and why prayer is even important. Do not ever downplay the impact that prayer can have on your life. If there's one day that you went without praying, I beg you pray. Don't ever just wake up and think it's normal to not feel like praying because then you have to go back and analyze what did I engage myself in yesterday. As much as we are humans, we are also spirit beings. Certain things, certain things can influence our souls and our desire for God. It's normal for a child to be hungry. But then if you're not hungry for the things of God, check it. Because it's not, as we say, normal. Do you understand? So if you feel as though you're in a place whereby prayer is hard for you, reach out to me. Reach out to me and let's let's get talking. Let's get talking and I'm always here for you. As much as I'm speaking behind the mic, I really want to be a part of your journey. I would really like to help in any way that I can, even just by lending a listening ear. So reach out to me. My Instagram is at Honey Express with three S's. Let me know if you have any questions, suggestions, or even anything you'd like to share with me. If you'd like to open up, I'm all ears or all eyes. <laughs> Most definitely, I'll catch you next Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening. May God continually bless you. Have a wonderful day, night, evening, morning. I love you guys. Cha-cha.